Well, what a privilege to be able to close out our year uh, with the Word of God and be able to encourage um, you with what uh, Paul is going to be uh, encouraging the uh, the, Corinth, uh, the Colossians here with. As I studied this, my heart became just so overwhelmed uh, with with God and with who He is. Um, I have the uh, unbelievable privilege of teaching through the book of Romans in Sunday school class. I would encourage you, you those of you um, that are in Jeremy and Tyler's class uh, to listen in to the audio of the Romans class. Uh, it has been such an encouragement. And likewise, I would encourage you that are in my class and deans uh, to, to tune in to Jeremy and Tyler's. Get as much of the Word of God as you possibly can. Because that is what is of the utmost importance to the life of a Christian. It is our lifeblood. It is everything that sustains us. And this morning we're going to read in Colossians chapter number 3. Colossians chapter number 3 where Jeremy had read just a few minutes ago. Um. I didn't tell Jeremy where I was preaching, and uh, this is where he uh, put on the bulletin and everything. So it, it worked out well. Um, so um, I'm I'm just thrilled to be able to share what I've learned through this. Uh, I hope this morning that this will be an encouragement um, and strengthen you as we move out of 2020. Um, I don't want you to think 2020 is over. Wow, the problems are gone. I would uh, caution you greatly to, to proceed into 21 uh, with the mindset that 2020 is over and everything will go back to normal and be fine. Uh, the world is constantly changing and constantly going uh, away from God and away from uh, what would we would uh, desire. And so... Um, this morning as we, we dive into the Word of God, I don't want you to have the mindset that we're leaving 2020 and 2021 is going to be just bright and glorious. It's still going to have its problems. It's still going to have its struggles. It's still going to have its, its hardships. And hopefully through the lesson today, you will be, uh, have a, uh, a grasp on how the believer gets through uh, this world that we live in. Because this isn't our home, right? We're just passing through. We're only here for a short time. This is not our home. Heaven is our home. So let's read these verses again, and then uh, we'll pray and see where God uh, takes us this morning. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things, uh, not on things are on the earth, that are on the earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, 
we could probably stop and just stay there for a while, right? When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. We thank You for the truths found in it. Lord, that it seamlessly ties together Your truths that we find throughout Scripture and how You point us uh, to live on this earth. And Lord, I pray that we would be encouraged by what Paul has written through Your inspiration and then the words that we are going to see uh, in Your Gospel as well. Lord, we just are so grateful for You and what You have done for us in Your name. Amen. Therefore, if we have... Therefore, if, therefore, you have been raised with Christ. The if there is probably not the best translation. Okay? Uh, it could be said, uh, therefore, uh, you, uh, and just leave it out, or since you have been. Okay? Uh, sometimes translation from one language to another, they, they do the best they can. Uh, but it would probably be a better translation to say since. Therefore, since you. Because the word if, it, it leaves the, the, it could be or couldn't be, right? And so therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ. This is speaking to a person that has trusted Christ. This is who the Colossians, the Colossians is written to people and in the first uh uh, the first two um, chapters are a theological statement about who Christ is and who God is. And, and the, he fully uh, flushes out the idea of the doctrine of Christ and who He is. And then in chapters 3 and 4, he starts to inter- intertwine how that should cause us to live. And so therefore, if you have been raised... With Christ, this is if you are in Christ, if you have been raised from that death that you died to sin, we died to sin, and he's going to talk. We'll talk about that here in more just a minute. Keep seeking the things above. Now, this is the 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 thrust of the sermon this morning is going to be on that theme. Keep thinking of things above, where Christ is seated seated at the right hand of God. Now we understand that when it states that Christ is seated at the right hand of God, this is in complete authority and power. This isn't in God's, you know, this the right hand man or whatever. The, the idea given when it says the right hand of God, this is Jesus seated, seated and in complete authority and power. This is what we recognize and what Paul is pointing us to here. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is in complete authority, complete power. Seek Him. This is where our mind should continuously be. And he says, he goes on in verse number 2 and says it in a different way, but the same thing. Set your mind on things, what? Above. Things above. And we're going to talk about this because sometimes we read these things and we're like, uh, and, and maybe you don't, but I do. I, I scratch my head and say, what in the world is Paul saying? Uh, often I'll read Paul's letters and I'll think, hey, okay. 
Glad there's other men that I can research to know what Paul is saying. And, and we're going to flush out what he really means by thinking on things above, not on things of this earth. And we're going to spend some time here in verse number 2, and we're going to look uh, around uh, what Paul has written about seeking. Now, Paul goes on in this chapter, uh, in verses uh, 5 through 12 or 5 through 11 and starts to talk about what is the things of this earth what are the things of this earth and it says the things of this earth are immorality impurity passions evil desires greed which is idolatry all of these passions are what draw us away from Christ. These are what the world, you know, immorality, if you look around the world today on our earth, it's full of immorality. It's full of impurity. It's full of earthly passions that draw us away from Christ. Evil desires, greed. How many of us know greedy people? If you don't, I mean, there's so much greed, especially as an American, right? We live in such a prosperous nation that we have so much greed. We are always wanting. We talked about that in some, uh, a little bit this morning in our Roman Sunday school class. And it leads to what? Idolatry. It pushes us towards idolatry, which is serving anything or, or looking towards anything that would draw us away from God and, and, and worshiping Him as idolatry. Verses 9 and 10 uh, of this chapter, do not lie to one another. Okay? Lying is a part of what the world does, covering up, trying to, to, uh, to de deceive one another since... You have laid aside the old self. The old self. The old person. Okay, so Paul is really driving the point here that we need to be a new creature. Do not lie to one another since you have laid aside that old self which is uh, with its evil passions. Pursuits. And have, and have put on the new self. We have put on Christ. We are a new what? Creation in Christ. We no longer live in those earthly passions and pride. And put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. We are being created and brought to this image of God. And that is where we are pursuing. And then, so he, he says here in verse number two, uh, set your mind on things above and not on things of earth. And then he flips it and talks about the things of the earth. And then he talks about in 12 and, and uh, through the end of, uh, or 12 to 17, about the, the things that we should set our mind on. And Paul does this in several books that he's written. And we're not going to look at all of those today, but Paul says that the mind of a Christian should be set on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, peace, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. But he doesn't stop there. He makes you understand forgiving one another just as you have been forgiven. Just as the Lord has forgiven you. Put on love. okay, Love. 
These are the thoughts that we have as Christians. This is the heavenly-minded thoughts. And we're going to see how this works in our life as we, as we look at a different passage here uh, in a minute. Set the, that, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. This is the thing set above. These are the desires that we should have. This is our mindset. Now, what I want you to do is, and this was uh, so encouraging to, to me this morning because I'm a very visual person and I like to know what, how does this work? I don't like to just tell somebody, and even in, uh, when I'm teaching somebody in construction, I don't like to just say, this is how it goes, go do it. I want them to understand why I cut a certain board a certain way, how we use the saw a certain way to do it, uh, because it makes for a much better product at the end. And, and it's the same goes for us. It's so much better so that we can understand truly what Paul is driving at when he's saying, having a heavenly mind. Have you heard the statement, that person is so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good? That's not true. And it's not possible. You cannot be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. Because the more heavenly minded you are, the more earthly good you will be. You can't be so heavenly minded that you're worthless on earth. Because the more heavenly minded you are, the more benefit you are to those that are around you. Because you are representing Christ and Him. Let's go to Matthew. Turn to Matthew. Chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6. Keeping with the same idea of uh, the earthly mindset versus a heavenly mindset a, a mindset on things above okay Matthew chapter number uh, six this is uh, within the Sermon on the Mount that he was uh, giving in verse number 24 it says no one can serve two masters for either the, uh, he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And then he goes down and he kind of explains it. What I want you to do as you're looking at this, and you can write this maybe on your, uh, your bulletin, um, verse number 25 is an earthly mindset. This is an earthly mindset that someone that is not a follower of Christ would have. For this reason I say to you, do not worry about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor your, for your body as to what you will put on. It is, not life, it is, is not life more than food and your body more than clothes? So this is a, uh, a mindset that the world would have. They worry about where they're going to eat and the clothes that they're going to put on and, and, they, and they fret about those things. And God says, or Jesus says here in His, his sermon to them, uh, isn't life more than clothes? Verse number 26 is a heavenly mindset. And I hope that this is going to make sense and hope ties these, the thoughts in. Look at the birds of the air. That they do not sow nor reap nor gather into their barns, but yet the, hev the but 
but yet your heavenly Father feeds them, are you not much more than they? So the contrast is the, the world thinks of their food and their drink and they're so wrapped up and tied up in their, the, the things of this world and their food, their drink, their clothing and, and how they're going to grab and get those things. And the heavenly mindset, the believer should understand that God takes care of the birds of the air. How much more is He going to take care of you? This is a heavenly mindset. This is a mindset set on things above. Understanding who Christ is and who God is in our lives. That we don't need to worry. That we can rely and rest on him and what he will do for us verse number 27 again it's a worldly or an earthly minded statement and you and who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life we've seen a lot of that this year haven't we worrying fret you can't worry. You can't do anything to add a day or a second to your life. God is in control. God is in control. And when we uh, as believers have the mindset where we worry about our life, not that we don't take care of ourselves, not that we don't go to the doctor, not that we don't take precautions, that's not, but when we wake up and we're terrified to go outside uh, and, and we, can't, uh, we can't function because we're so terrified and worried about our life and that uh, something will come about to us uh, and, and end our life maybe short, we are not having a heavenly mindset. We're not, we're not understanding the mindset that God would have us have. The beginning part of number uh, of verse 28 is uh, earthly as well. And they and why are you worried about clothing? So he goes back to clothing. He talks about you can't add a minute to your life. Don't worry about that. And why are you worried about clothes? And then he gives an example uh, of Solomon. And so the, the, verse, the verse 28, the end in verse 29, he says, observe how, okay, again, this is observing, this is looking at, uh, at God and the things above. This is recognizing who He is. This is what it means to think on things above. Think on God. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. And they do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field which is alive and today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? The mindset is we trust God in all that we do in our thoughts of our death our thoughts of our clothing our thoughts of our food we don't need to worry about them as if God cannot provide for us uh, verse 32 
for the Gentiles eagerly seek all things, all these things. Okay, the Gentiles, what do the word Gentile mean here in the Gospels? It's speaking to unbelievers, those that do not follow or trust Christ. They eagerly seek after the things of the world and they're consumed by uh, their food. They're consumed by uh, their, their, their clothing and their cars that they drive and their big houses. And, and all of the, the possessions of life consume them to the point where they, that's all that they can think about. And their earthly ties and everything is about what they can get on this earth. And, and that's really, there's nothing they can do about it. That is all they can do. They're tied to this earth. Their mind is set on this earth. But we have been freed from that uh, uh, that bondage of being tied to thinking only on the things of earth. We now have a Heavenly Father that will provide, care for, and take care of us. And our earthly mindset can no, it does no longer has place in our, our life. We should have the mindset of Christ. And he, he flushes that out here in verse 33. But what does He say? But seek first... His kingdom and His righteousness. This is of what is first importance. Seeking Him. Seeking the knowledge of Him that we find in His Word. Looking above. Looking on things of Christ. On what He has taught us and what He has, has shown us through His Scriptures, through the, through the Gospels, through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, through, uh, through all the epistles. What are we supposed to do? Seek first His kingdom. His righteousness. And what does He say? All these things will be added to you. He's going to take care of you. We don't need to fret about our life. We don't need to worry. Paul speaks to that in Philippians. Talking about not worrying. Don't be anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. These are heavenly thoughts. These are mindset of the believer. You are privileged this morning. I want to let you know this morning you are a privileged person if you are a believer, if you are a Christian this morning. And I, why would I say you're privileged? Be you have the privilege of having that heavenly mindset. Having that mindset of Christ that will enable you to go through life and handle the hardships. How does an unbeliever handle hardships? I don't know. I don't know truly how. That's why suicide is at a high rate. That's why drug and alcohol abuse is such a high rate because they search and seek after the things of this world and there's no satisfaction found in it. You cannot be satisfied in the things of this earth. It is not possible. And Jesus here fleshes out for us the contrast between the earthly mind worrying about things and the heavenly mind giving those worries to God because if He takes care of birds, He'll take care of you. 
Because how much more are birds important to God then? Or how much more are you important than birds are? And if God clothes the lilies of the fields in great beauty, I had the privilege of growing up in California. Uh, in California, it's illegal to, uh, to pick wildflowers. Um, why? I'm not quite sure, but there's like billions of them. Uh, but you drive down some of the, the, the roads in, in California uh, in, in the springtime, and it's, it's unbelievably gorgeous, the, the flowers, the wildflowers that grow out there. And if God can do that, he can take care of us. Those are, those are uh, just some, some simple ways for us to understand how we can have that mindset. And when we read through Scripture, when it gives us that contrast, this is, you know, this is the way the world says to do things. This is how God says to do things. That is the heavenly mindset that we are to have. Let's go back over to Colossians. <clears throat> Back over to Colossians. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. And we've talked about that here in, in, in verses 5-17. through 17. And then Paul goes on in this, and he begins to uh, talk about other aspects of our life. And I want us to understand that it ties back to these opening verses that Paul states they're not statements by themselves they all come back and give us they tie back into these statements so think along with me as we look um, just briefly at these verses verse number 18 what does it say wives submit to your own husbands that is fitting to the lord how do we do that how do we or a, a, a woman that is unbeliever do that with great success that is not a believer. I don't, it's very challenging. How does she do it when she thinks on things above? She has the mindset of things above. She's consumed in her thought, thinking and her thought process with things above with with kindness peace gentleness love and that is how a woman can be submissive and then it goes on in in verse 19 husbands love your wives how is a man enabled to love his wife without the knowledge of god and the heavenly mindset because the wife can be frustrating the husband can be frustrating. How do you have that ability? God enables us by giving us that mindset of things above. Looking to God as He will show us throughout Scriptures in Ephesians and Colossians and Corinthians. It continues to give us that mindset of Christ. The heavenly mindset. Children, you don't get out of this, right? Children, obey your parents. Okay, it doesn't say obey your good parents. <laughs> it doesn't say obey your parents that are doing what's right. Okay? It says children, obey your parents all things, for this is the will, or for this is um, well-pleasing to the Lord. How does a child... 
um, before salvation. No, they don't. They're going to be sinful. They're going to do things that are wrong and frustrating. But as parents, what we can do to help our children as they grow is give them a heavenly mindset. After they become a believer before, uh, it's still good to teach them the heavenly mindset, but it won't sink in until they truly uh, believe in God. But when they do, this is what causes them to desire to obey and to what does it say here it says it is well pleasing to the lord they should obey their parents because it's pleasing to him to the lord and how they do that is having a heavenly mindset a biblical mindset a mindset set on the things of christ and what christ would have them to do and and the same goes you know you go back up into the verses previous to this with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. All of these things fit within the heavenly mindset. And shouldn't we all have compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another? All of these are heavenly mindsets that are going to help us with our relationships. It's going to help us with our spouses. It's going to help us with our children. Because the very next verse says, Fathers, do not provoke your children. I think Paul knew men, right? It doesn't say mothers don't provoke. It says fathers specifically. Because men have uh, that ability to provoke their children. Don't do that. What? Have a compassion, kind, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with them, forgiving, put on love. All of this is the mindset that we should have. And it doesn't stop with just the family dynamic. It goes on and talks about slaves. And in our, in our day-to-day, that would be the employer, or employee, the person that goes to a job. How do you have the ability to, to work with uh, your boss, your, the environment you're in, and deal with the world and, and all of their uh, weirdness and all of the things especially that we've dealt with in this year and, and we're probably going to continue to deal with into 2021? How do you do that with having a mind set on things above, not on things of this earth? When you go into your job place and when you go in there and it's, it's a bad day and it's rough, if your mind is set on the things of this earth, what I can benefit and how, how it's going to work for me and how this is so hard for me and, and it's a me, 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 self-centered thought process which is earthly, right? Those that are not believers are very self-centered people. That's all they can be. They're, they're focused on themselves. Christ-centeredness is focused on who? Christ. And when we focus on Christ and, and what His desires are and pleasing Christ, not pleasing ourselves, it helps us. Not that we're going <laughs> to walk into every situation skipping and praising God and, and there's no uh, sadness, Right? There will be sadness. There will be hard times. There are deaths uh, that happen. There are uh, 
layoffs that happen. There are firings that happen. There are um, uh, winter happens, right? You know, for a lot of us, winter happens, and wow, it becomes really difficult for business. And um, uh, there's all kinds of different struggles that we have, and we're going to continue to go through those. How we get through them is with that heavenly mindset. Knowing that if God can take care of the birds of the field, or the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, how much more can He take care of us? Does it say that we're going to have an easy street because we're saved? Doesn't say, and, and actually it almost says the, the opposite, right? Those of us that are saved are going to go through it. It's going to be hard. The world is going to, to treat us differently and it's going to be difficult. But we can make it through because we have the, the Scriptures and we have that mindset of Christ and, and set on things that are above, not on things of this earth. It goes on and talks about in chapter number 4, uh, the masters or the, the employee, employers and how that we uh, that employ uh, or those that employ uh, people, how we should treat them um, and, and how we should care for them. And we need to have that heavenly mindset because... Um, you know, in, in my small business, I've employed um, probably eight or nine people, and I have one person working for me now. And, and they've left for various different reasons. I've had to let some go, and I had to fire one. And these are difficult things as a Christian employer to deal with. And you still have to have uh, your, your business, and you still have to make profits and all of those things, but you don't set all of that above how you treat your employees and how you treat. And how do you do that? It's by constantly going back and reminding yourself of the heavenly mindset on how you treat someone and how you care for that person. Uh, because the dollar is important and, and making a living is an important aspect of our lives, but it's not more important to the soul of that person. And you don't want to claim Christianity and claim that I am a Christian and, uh, and the, the, employee, the employee that I have now knows that I'm one of the pastors here and then treat them like garbage like other employees do or employers do. And sometimes that's difficult. Sometimes you, you get frustrated in, in, in your job setting. And what do we need to constantly do? Set our mind on things above. Because setting our mind on things of the earth will drag us down and will constantly cause us to go uh, to uh, places in our mind where we don't belong and don't need to be. But when we set our focus and our gaze upon Him, that doesn't mean that we don't focus on things on earth, okay? If you try that, go home and focus just on things above and not forget about your wife and your kids. That don't go well. That's not what it's talking about, okay? You can't go home and go straight to your room and read your Bible and then go to bed and get up and read your Bible and then you know go to work and only read your Bible because you won't have a job. That's not what it's referring to. It's referring to having this mindset. It's the same idea as pray without ceasing. Okay? If you're an independent fundamental Baptist, that would be really difficult because you have to have your eyes closed. And so if you're praying without ceasing with your eyes closed, it's really hard to function. 
That's not what it's talking about. It's having the mindset of prayer. Constantly in prayer and communion with your Savior, your Lord. The mindset of the believer is to be constantly set on things above. And this is how we get through life and how we deal with the struggles and hardships of life. And how when people see you lose a loved one or go through uh, unimaginable hard things with someone that's even still alive and you're dealing with struggles within that home and they see that you are still happy, still joyful, you still have the joy of the Lord that sets you apart from the world. Because the world goes through the same situation and they're downtrodden and they're, they're, they're struggle. But the believer that sets his mind on things above can persevere through all of those struggles. Whether it be death, illness, financial hardships, uh, children going wayward, any number of, of hardships that happen in our lives, we can deal with when we set our mind on Christ because He is the one that does it through us. It's not us. We can't deal with it. But through Christ, we can. Through Him. So this is how that would, how you would read Scripture. When you look at Scripture and you think, how am I to have a heavenly mindset? When you read through and it gives you principles to live by. And I, you know, this is the things that we should think on. And, and, and start reading your Bible, understanding this is the, the heavenly mindset that I have. Okay? The heavens are not just the blue sky, and we look up there, and that's the mindset we have. How we get that heavenly mindset is by uh, investing in our Bible, investing in, in heavenly uh, words that are sent down from heaven to us to enrich our lives. Going on to verse 3, it says, For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. What is Paul getting at here? He's reminding us of what happened at the time of salvation. We have died, what? To the old man. To the old self. You're dead to that. You've died to the sin nature. You've died to those. You know, if we, if we go back to Romans uh, 6, and, and, and it flushes out how we have died to the old man. We no longer live uh, in that. So, for, if, for you have died, and your life, which is interesting, you've died, but your life, you've died to the, your old self, you've died to the old life, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. There's two uh, ideas given here uh, with this verse. The first idea given when you say you died to self or you've died is that that um, and are hidden is the idea that we have died to sin. Okay, Romans chapter six and verse five. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. We are united with him in his death and his resurrection. 
2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, any, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. The idea that old things have passed away is you've died. You've died to those things. Behold, new things have come. The new things is that ability, now the ability we have to know, understand, and live out the things of God where before we couldn't. In our old human self, we couldn't do that. Now we have the ability because we have a new life. Galatians 6 and verse 14. But may it never be that I would boast except in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. The world has been crucified. We've died to it. We're set apart from it. Hidden into Christ is the the second part of that verse. What that is referring to is um, we're not only hidden in Him in in the aspect of um, the world as the way they see us. The world can understand Christians. We've already made we've already flushed that out here just a few minutes ago. When the world sees us rejoicing um, or having a positive attitude through a rough time, uh, they don't understand. And when the world sees uh, how we conduct our life, when we are conducting it in a God honoring way, they just don't comprehend and can't understand it. First Corinthians. This is something we preached not too long ago. First uh, Corinthians two, verse fourteen. But the natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and cannot understand them, because spiritually appraised. So when it says that we are hidden in Christ, they can't understand us as believers. That part of them is hidden. And it also has another meaning, which is the security of the believer. We are secure in Christ. We are hidden in Him. In Romans, uh, this, this should be... Uh, I'm going to make a statement here for us to go through 21. If you're getting down, if you're getting discouraged, if you can't... Uh, if you need uh, a good pick-me-up in Scripture, go to Romans chapter number 8 and read the end of the chapter. And that should encourage you mightily because it is such a great encouragement. But especially the latter part of chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am confident that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to, to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other uh, uh, created thing will be able to what? Separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What an encouraging, what an encouragement Paul writes to us there. Nothing. I mean, he, he mentions some pretty powerful things here. Angels and principalities and powers and things that are above and beneath. Not, nothing is powerful enough to separate us because we are hidden within Him. Christ has hidden us. We have died to the sin and then He hides us within Christ in God. 
What an amazing encouragement that we have as believers, that we not only have the ability to no longer think like the world does, we have the ability to choose to think as God would have us to think, but we also are hidden in Him. This is a forever. We cannot lose uh, this position that we have in Christ. And then it closes in verse number 4, when Christ, who is our life, set your mind on things above, Set your mind on Christ, who is your life. He is everything to you. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also revealed with Him in glory. This is referring to the end of our life. When we are taken to heaven, we spend eternity with God. The rapture, the second coming of God, that we will be in Him. Revelations 19 uh, talks about when the marriage supper of the Lamb, that we will be there with Him. And then shortly after that section, it goes into when God comes, or the, Jesus comes back on a white horse, uh, robed and, and dipped in blood and a two-edged sword. And it, it also talks about it in verse 14, how, how we will be riding with Him as His army. Okay, this is, we will be there in glory, but the, the idea is also given in uh, Matthew 24, Matthew chapter number 24 and in verse 29 through 31. But immediately after the tribulation of these days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will, be, and will, will give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the power of the heavens will be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And He will send forth His angels with a great trumpet, and they will gather together the elect, you and I, from the four winds for one end of the sky to the other. What an glorious uh, thought that is. That we will uh, be brought together. It, it speaks of His great glory. The Son of Man will come. I love the, the phrase there at the end of verse number 30. With, with power and great glory. Magnificent. Amazing glorious return of our Christ and He will bring us together and will sit us with Him in glory. When we have the mindset of Christ and set our mind on these concepts of what our future is going to be, our future is set with Christ and we will sit with Him and glorify Him. Our future is already sealed. It is already set. We have no need to worry. We are hidden in Him. We can set our mind on His things. And that is how the believer makes it through this life in such a dramatically different way than the unbeliever. The unbeliever just floats through life. 
trying so many different avenues, so many different aspects to try to, to make their life better with money, drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, all of those things is what the world tries. They even try religion, right? We have so many different religions in our world. They're false. They don't teach the truth. They try everything because they have a hole with inside of them. And when Christ came, He filled that hole completely. And now we have the ability to walk in a new life, in a new direction. And how do we do that? By setting our mind on things above. By setting our mind on Scripture. By setting our mind on the things of Christ. There is no greater life to live than a life set with a mind on Christ. So my challenge for the last week of 2020 and going into 2021, set your mind on things above. When life gets hard, when things are difficult, when it seems that it's... uh, hit you upside the head with a two-by-four. Go back to your Bible. Go back and read and set your mind on things above. And that is how we get through every aspect of life. There isn't anything that we cannot deal with when our mind is set on Christ and set above. We can deal. We can more than conquer because of Christ being within us. You are a privileged people. We are a privileged people because we have that ability to set our mind on things above where the world cannot. Let's not forsake that privilege. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, we thank You so much for what You show us in Scripture. We thank You for Uh, how we can turn to Scripture to be encouraged, how we can turn to Scripture to know how to live and how to deal with every aspect of life by setting our mind on You and focusing completely on You. Lord, I pray that uh, through the remainder of this last week of this year and into the next, that we would endeavor to spend more time reflecting on things above And that our lives would reflect that our mind is set on Christ and on His things. Lord, we ask this in Your name. Amen.